Section 6 of Short Stories and Poems for Children, Original and Select by Unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Humility. The bird that soars on highest wing builds on the ground her lovely nest, and she that doth most sweetly sing sings in the shade when all things rest, and lark and nightingale we see what honor hath humility. The Apple. It was little Albert's fifth birthday, and his godfather came to see him after dinner, and made him a present of a sovereign. While he was chatting with the parents, the child ran away with his sovereign, and got out at the street door. Just at that moment a woman was passing with some apples, and Albert said to her, Look what a present I have got! Ah, said the woman, my apples are finer, but if you will give me your present, I will give you one of my finest apples for it. The little fellow was well pleased with the offer, gave her his sovereign, and took hold of the apple with both his hands. He then ran back to the room crying out, See what a fine rosy-cheeked apple I have got for my money. Albert's papa and mamma scolded him severely for having been so foolish, and sent a servant to look for the woman, but she could not be found. The godfather was wise enough not to be angry with the little boy, who had not been taught to know better, and only remarked to the parents, How often we see grown-up people act as foolishly as this little child! How many there are who, for life's uncertain perishable joys, forego immortal hopes and act like foolish boys! THE PURSE Little Nettie was the son of a poor man who gained his bread by selling coals. One day Nettie was sitting at the foot of a tree in the middle of a wood, crying bitterly and praying to God for help, when a gentleman passed by who was hunting, dressed in red. Hearing the child cry, he drew near, and asked what was the matter. Nettie told him how his mother had been long ill, and that he had been sent into the town to pay for some psychic, but that he had lost the purse with the money which his father had given him. The gentleman then drew a purse of red silk out of his pocket filled with sovereigns, and said, Is that your purse? Oh, no, replied Nettie. Mine was not so fine, and had not so much money in it. Well, then, this is it, I suppose, said the gentleman, who had found it, showing Nettie a poor-looking purse. Oh, yes, cried the little boy, quite delighted to see his purse again. That is it, that is it. My good boy, said the gentleman. Here, take this purse also as a reward for your trust in God and your honesty. How soothing is our grief to pray to God, how light his breast who feels not falsehood's load. Well, there was another boy who heard the story of the purse, and he went into the wood, and sat down beneath a tree and began to cry and lament. When the same gentleman came past in hunting, and asking him what was the matter, the boy said he had lost his purse. The gentleman then took out a purse filled with sovereigns, and asking him if that was it, the boy cried, Oh, yes, that is the purse which I lost, and held out his hand to take it. The gentleman now whispered something to his servant, who was near him, and the man, lifting up his whip, called out to the boy, Oh, you little rascal, how dare you tell the gentleman such a lie? I will pay you in another way. And so saying, he gave him a sound whipping, as he well deserved. To lie and cheat brings punishment along. Sooner or later, shame still follows wrong. The Snowman 
Look at him, oh, what a guy, who would not before him fly, standing thus with stick so stout, threatening all his foes to rout, did we not from day to day see him stand the self-same way? Well, the boys his head may pelt, since his stick they never felt. Snowman, what a cheat you are, fit for neither flight nor war, pale your face as any sheet, should it ere the sunbeams meet, down like water it will flow, and will lose thee, man of snow. The Loaf of Bread During a season of scarcity a rich man invited to his house a number of the poorest children in the town, and told them that every morning he would give them a loaf of bread till such time as it should please heaven to send a plentiful harvest. The children seized the loaves quite rudely, and quarrelled amongst themselves as to who should have the largest loaf, and at last they went away without so much as thanking the kind giver. One little girl alone, named Fanny, whose clothes were very ragged and wretched, stopped at a short distance while the others were taking the bread, and at last took the smallest loaf that had been left, humbly kissing at the same time the hand of the rich man, and going quietly away. Next day the children did not behave any better, and Fanny got a loaf that was smaller than any of the others. When she took it home to her father and mother, as soon as her mother began to cut it up in slices, a quantity of money fell out, to their great surprise, but the mother told Fanny to take it back instantly to the kind gentleman, for it had no doubt got into the loaf by some mistake. Fanny did so, but the gentleman refused to take it, saying there was no mistake, for he had put the money himself into the smallest loaf, as a reward for Fanny's good behavior. Be always, he said, as easily satisfied, for they who would rather be contented to take the smallest loaf than to fight and quarrel about it will be sure to carry the blessing of God home with them. Be satisfied with little, gained in peace, and God on you and yours will shed increase. THE GOLD WATCH A poor little boy named Ernest once went into a mill to sleep, and, waking about midnight, he heard a slight noise near the wall where he lay. Looking up, he saw, by the light of the moon, that the sound came from a watch hanging on the wall. The thought now came into his mind to steal the watch and run away with it. His conscience told him that this would be wrong, but the desire to take it becoming stronger every instant, he thought the best way would be to leave the mill altogether, and so escape the temptation. When he had run a little way, he began to repent that he had not taken the watch, and was going to return, but his conscience again whispered to him how wrong it would be, and so he went on his journey. The moon having sunk beneath a cloud, it now became very dark, and Ernest lost himself for a while. But at length he got upon a mound, where he lay down and fell asleep. In the morning he awoke, and looking up he saw that he was sleeping beneath the gallows, where a robber was hanging in chains. A voice now seemed to say to him, Look, this is what might have happened to you if you had taken the watch, and so gone on from one bad thing to another. Full of gratitude to God, who had saved him from such a terrible end, he fell on his knees and offered up his thanksgivings to heaven. THE STOLEN HORSE One night a farmer had a very fine horse stolen from him. He therefore went to a horse market some miles off in order to buy another. Among the horses which he saw there for sale, he was surprised to see his own. Laying hold of the bridle, he said that the horse was his and had been stolen from him three days before. 
you are quite mistaken my dear sir said the man who had brought the horse to the market i have had the horse for more than a year he may have some likeness to yours but that is all the farmer then put his hands on the horse's eyes and said well if the horse is really yours you can no doubt tell me which of his eyes is blind the thief who had not looked at the horse's eyes was quite silent for a moment but knowing that he must say something soon replied on the left eye you are wrong there replied the farmer he is not blind on the left eye oh i meant to say the right replied the thief i made a mistake the farmer then took away his hands from the horse's eyes and said it is quite clear now that you are a rogue and a liar look here said the farmer to the people standing by the horse is not blind at all i only asked these questions to prove that the horse is mine and that he had been stolen from me by this thief who pretends to be his owner all the people then began to shout and laugh at the clever way in which the thief had been discovered who was then sent to prison and properly punished for his roguery a thief may have plenty of wit and skill but an honest man is cleverer still a little boy and his sister james and anne were one day at home quite alone when the former said come anne and let us get something nice and have a feast very well said anne if you can take me into a place where no one can see us i will go with you and make one of the party oh said james we will go into the little room where the milk is kept and have some nice sweet cream no replied his sister it's of no use going there for there is a man cutting wood in the street close by who will see us then replied james we will go into the kitchen there is some honey in a cupboard there and we will spread it on slices of bread anne objected to this too saying that the girl at the opposite window would certainly see them then said james let us go into the cellar and take some apples it is so very dark there that nobody can possibly see us my dear brother replied anne surely you cannot think that have you forgotten that eye which sees us at all times and in all places in the darkest and most hidden as well as in the bright sunshine james blushed deeply at hearing this and recollecting himself said to his sister you are right god is everywhere present and we cannot conceal ourselves from his notice i will no longer think of doing the wicked action which i just mentioned anne was delighted to hear her brother speak so like a good and penitent boy and made him a present of a fine picture where among other things there was the figure of a great eye signifying god's omniscience surrounded with rays of light and at the bottom the following words oh let me ever see above thy holy eye with fear and love to keep me from the ways of sin and so thy great approval win the diamonds a lady of high rank once told a jeweller to make for her a brilliant necklace and gave him some diamonds and other precious stones for the purpose the jeweller's apprentice robert was very much pleased to see such beautiful stones and took great pleasure in looking at them and admiring them one day the jeweller suddenly missed two of the finest of them and his suspicions falling on the apprentice he went to his room to look for them and sure enough he found them there in a hole in the wall it was to no purpose for robert to declare that he had not taken them his master would not believe him and gave him a severe beating telling him at the same time that he richly deserved the gallows and packed him out of the house 
next day another diamond was missing and the jeweller found it in the same hole where he had found the others the jeweller then resolved to watch and see who the thief might be and after waiting some time a magpie which robert had tamed came on the counter took up one of the diamonds in his beak and went off with it to the hole the jeweller was very sorry to find that he had accused and punished robert unjustly and sending for him he took him back into his service apologized to him and made him a very handsome present as some atonement for the injury he had done him fear to admit suspicion in thy breast too oft it smites the good a dark unwelcome guest the apples early one morning little alfred saw from his window in a neighbouring orchard a number of beautiful red apples scattered about on the grass alfred lost no time in running down and trying to get some so creeping through a hole in the hedge he filled his pockets as full as they could cram and was making off with his ill-gotten booty when all of a sudden he saw the owner of the apples watching him with a good thick stick in his hand our little thief took to his heels at seeing this and was making the best of his way through the hole in the hedge by which he entered but stuck fast owing to his pockets being so stuffed out being now caught he not only was obliged to give up all that he had stolen but got a good sound drubbing to boot and the following excellent piece of advice as to how he should behave in future injustice of whatever kind brings its own punishment behind End of section 6